This episode of the Adventure Jogger Podcast brought to you by Sandra Paul, Earl and Rena Philpot, Crystal Pistol, Jessica Welton, all of our Patreon supporters, and of course you, the listener. The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. So, Carl, it's been a minute since I had you on The the Adventure Jogger. Um, A lot has happened. Mm -hmm. I was doing some research, just kind of stalking you on Facebook, trying to to just kind of catch up, see where you're at. I saw something on Facebook that I never thought I would ever see, Carl. Uh (laughs) Um, (laughs) Uh-oh. I saw you in a suit. I didn't think you owned a suit. And there you are in a suit at a wedding and I'm thinking, Carl didn't even wear a suit to his own damn wedding. He wore jeans. Carl, when did you get a suit? Well, I call it the monkey suit. That that suit was purchased for one of my wife's sister's weddings, which I think was like an eternity ago, probably at least 10 years. I don't even know, like 12 years ago. Still fits. <laughs> um yeah, that's that's probably the third time I've wore it. I think so. Like I wore I, when I bought that suit, it was for life. Um, it was a requirement of the wedding that we went to on the East Coast. You must have just seen it recently this week, I suppose. Um, yeah, it's when the moment I had a, you know chance to take it off, I took it off. <laughs> but uh, I mean, it just it was just one of those weddings, you know. Yeah, you know. Deals you gotta, yeah, you gotta you do know. it. So, you uh, dress up for once. It was a fun wedding. It was a good time. Yeah, it's always fun to get a little dressed up for a wedding. Um, twenty twenty three, that was not Carl Meltzer's greatest year ever when it came when it comes to running, was it? Well, I mean, no, it wasn't my greatest year. <laughs> Um, I did. I mean, I finished 600s, right? So yeah. for some people's perspective, like, wow, that's a lot of hundreds. But the early season, the early part of the season, I was kind of going back and forth with some little injury crap going on. So I really wasn't able to train a heck of a lot. Um, so I really didn't. I started the Grandmaster Ultra, which was just about finishing the thing. In January, I was injured. I had to drop out because of that. And then I fought some stuff back and forth. I did pretty fairly decent at hellbender for the amount of training that i had on mm-hmm. um that was may 12th but from that point on um after hellbender i recovered pretty quick and then i had to deal with the spiegel race but after that it was actually i did 400s in 12 weeks um which is a lot of hundreds in 12 weeks then i won the last one i lost i won the i won the fifth one which was in i think 18 17 or 18 weeks or something total so the second half of the year for me, in my perspective, was actually pretty successful because I was trying. I'm just trying to finish them now, not mm. win them. Um, the fact that I won Devil Dog really, I, I didn't think that was going to happen, but it just I did my thing and I passed the leader at 82 and won. Right. So I mean, 19 hours, not bad. It's an easy course, but uh, I mean, it was okay. It wasn't. It was, it was. I would say it was a little more under the radar than usual. Yeah, I think, but um. But, I mean, I did do 600s in a matter of, like, seven months, um, which is pretty 
which is a lot. It's not too know? shabby. And, and Devil Dog puts your total win number at what now? 49. 49. Yeah. You have the most wins. 49 wins, and that makes 21 years in a row, which, which again, I never thought I was going to win that. I didn't expect to. But that race, what's cool about that race is, number one, it's really well organized. The people that put it on is great, are great. And from a logistical perspective, I from saw I flew from Salt Lake then, but I went. You fly to Dulles, you drive 45 minutes south. You're there. Hotels are easy. All that stuff is simple. My wife went. Crewing is simple. So it was like, oh, I'll throw that one in there too. And then I came out ahead. Um, and 19 hours. I ran. You know, I ran pretty solid. My it's five lapper, and my fifth lap was faster than my fourth. So that's good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, it know? must it must have um, felt good to be chasing the leader. And then 80 miles in or so, you start seeing that headlight off in the distance. And then to pass them, that had to be like, oh, school's back in session, kids. Yeah. Well, you know, it was, it was, what was cool about it is the, the guy that was leading, Chris Magna, he was, he's a client of mine that I've been coaching. And, I was, and at the very beginning of the first lap, he basically just took off. And the guy that took off, I didn't know it was Chris that took off, but it was Chris. <laughs> And my wife was crying. She says, "Hey, Chris is you know Chris is the guy leading." I'm like, "No way, really." I'm like, "He's going out too fast." But he was really steady all day, and he kept like it was about 15 to 20 minute lead all day, like each lap, each lap, same thing, same thing. But when I came around at like mile 75, before the last, before the you know the final bit of the fourth lap, my wife said, "You know his stomach is kind of jacked." And he was he wasn't feeling very good, and I was like, oh, oh, oh hopefully he comes around because I wanted him to do well, you know, I really did. He's a great runner. Yeah. And but then I came around eighty two, and he was sitting there at the pavilion, and I'm like, what are you doing? And he was just like, oh, I don't, you know, he kind of perked up a little bit. I'm like, oh, my stomach's a little jacked. And so then I went over to Cheryl, and and I said, well, Chris is sitting over there. I guess. It's, game on <laughs> so he left a minute before i did but i caught him pretty quick and then i i talked to him i said for a minute or two and i said just sip on some coca-cola you know and you try to sip a little water i mean but he was walking and once i got out of his view i was like then i kind of like pressed the throttle down a little more and then by the next five miles into it i had 20 minutes i didn't know i had 20 minutes but i found out later but then i had 20 minutes after five more miles and i had a lot more time on him and then it was just a matter of me keeping my, my shit together <laughs> to the end. And that consisted of drinking Coke <laughs> the all the way to the end. And, uh, yeah, it was a good feeling to, to, for the race to, to run that way, for me to be strong at the end like that. Yeah. Um, I, I think a lot of times when I run a lot of hundreds in a row like that, every five or six weeks, which I hope to do again this, this summer, um, I, I, don't, I don't know if I get faster every five or six weeks, but I get better at it. Like, it's like, okay, I'm back on the start line again. It's not a big deal. Like, I, it doesn't seem that, I don't always say 100 miles is not that far, but. Yeah, you're famous for that. You always say that. that. But it's, but it seems like it's just almost like, okay, press the button for 24 hours, you know, and then I'm done. It's like, I, I've said to my friends a lot of times, just blink and it'll be over, whether it's driving from here to New Hampshire or what, whatever. Yeah. Just blink and it's over. And now I'm 56. I just blinked. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, I run strong when I run a lot of them in a row and I think hopefully this summer will pan out the same way. Um, I mean, I'm running one on Friday, on Saturday this week again. Yeah. Um, cold water hundred in Arizona and I'm not, I will not win that race. Browning's running and there's a couple others that will beat me for sure. Um, I've hardly trained between races. Um, but 
you know, like I said, it's not doesn't seem that hard to me anymore. It's good to show that, you know, you, you can hire the speed goat as a coach. You can go to the speedgoat.com and and get Carl to be your coach. Mm-hmm. I think the lesson learned at the last race was Carl may be your coach, but he's gonna save something for himself. You don't get all the secrets from the speed goat if you pay for speed goat coaching. Well, you know, I did say to Chris, we're not holding hands across the line. <laughs> so, so um, and, you know, he's, he's, he's a funny dude. He's really funny. He actually came out to the San Juans and ran with me this summer too. So I got to know him a little better than just the cyber world, right? And Chris is a great, a great dude. Um, and, but well, we joked around and we were out there running around the San Juans. I said, you know, in a race, it doesn't really matter who your friends are before and after the race. It's still a race. I think, and whoever wins, it's not like you're going to be, you know, button heads afterwards. It's still fun. And right. whoever has more at the end, it has more at the end, you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, when, when I said, okay, game on, then I was, you know, my game face was like, I don't care who it is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run to win now. So, you know, and, again, it sort of meant, it meant more to me, too, because that 21 years kind of had some significance to it. Um, I wasn't going to walk it in. He walked it, ended up walking that last lap because his stomach was kind of a mess. And, yeah. And he was an hour and a half behind me at the end of the day. Um, but it wasn't like I was going – if I'd won a race like 100 early in the season and already had that 100-mile win, I I probably still wouldn't have walked it in with him. No. Because that would have taken forever. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a race. And my, my I'm, I'm a competitive guy. I'm a competitive guy. And racing is what I've done for a living. So I'm going to continue that, you know. If I ever see a picture of you or a video of you holding hands with someone across the finish line, other than your wife, like because you'll you'll pace your wife and you know that sort of thing, you'll run with her. Um, mm-hmm. If 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 you're holding Cheryl's hand across the line, that's one thing. If I ever see a video of you holding someone else's hand across the finish line, that's when I'm going to go. I think Carl's sick. <laughs> yeah, probably. But you know, and my and Cheryl will tell you that Carl's really not a hand holder anyway. <laughs> so, so, uh, so you probably wouldn't even see that at the same time. <laughs> but um, and you know, it's, 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 that's the truth. You know, it's uh. But you're right. I mean, I just I like to see. I don't like to see the tie at the end. After 100 miles, somebody's got to win, you know? Right, right. But that's when I'll be real I'll be real upset. I'm like, oh, crap, I didn't know Carl was sick. Here he is holding the hand somebody <laughs> crossing the line. This is sad. I mean, he's, he's, he's the GOAT. Um, you said something a little earlier that I kind of want to expand on. Mm-hmm. In a way, you talk about how you're doing these hundreds. And, and people always give me shit when I say this, but I'm okay to say this. I, f- I feel strongly on this. You are one of the best 100-mile runners to ever exist in the game. You are one of the goats, you know? Mm-hmm. You can't talk about 100-mile mountain ultra running without talking about Carl, the speed goat Meltzer. Mm-hmm. You have an incredible, incredibly competitive mindset, but you just said moments ago, like... I'm not going to win these things. Like, I don't know if five years ago, Carl, I ever would have heard you say, I'm not going to win this race. What has changed in the speed goat that now you're muttering phrases like, I'm not going to win this. Well, I I will say that if I'm in it to win it, 
then I want to give it everything I have. Like this, like Devil Dog, right? I was close. Mm-hmm. So that when, you know, even at mile 60, I was like, well, I'm still only 20 minutes behind. I'm not going to like back off the throttle here. I'm going to stay here if I can. But my my goal has changed a little bit. Once I reached um, about a year and a half ago, I had 7,100 mile finishes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, you know, I'm, you might need to change the goals a little bit because you are getting slower. I mean, don't kid yourself. I'm getting slower. <laughs> but but I still like doing it, but I sort of had changed my goal to say, Hey, what if the, the winning is hundred mile runner on earth had a hundred mile or hundred, hundred mile finishes. I don't know if there's any highly competitive, super highly winning ultra runner of any distance that's going to finish a hundred, hundred milers. Like there's, I think there's 28 people that have done it at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think 28 is the number. Um, there'll be a few more before I get there. Uh, they probably reached that, but um, there's nobody that's been real competitive that has done that. A lot of the most competitive guys, they've won some big races. You know, we all know the, the big names and the big races that people have won and things. Yeah. But will any of those guys finish 100 of them? I'm going to bet a lot of money on it that they probably won't because they, you know, they focus more on, on the big race, and mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that at all. Right. Um, when I was in my most competitive time of my career, which was really from 2000 to 2000, maybe 15, 17 at the most, mm-hmm. um, I ran a lot of hundreds, you know, I ran it two years. I won five, one year I won six, three times I won four. Nobody has, nobody's even come close to that kind of stuff. They just, it's just changed a little over time. Like who wants to win the, you know, the UTMB or the Western or the hard rock races. Um, I'd love to see someone who, like a like someone like a Killian or a Jim or a Francois or a Zach or any of those guys that are so fast, go run eight or nine hundreds in a year and see how you do. They right. probably do damn well. <laughs> you know, they probably win all of them or most of them, but they don't. They don't do that. You know, I just had a different view on on what I really like to do when I was younger. So and now that I've reached this, you know, I've had eighty finishes now. And granted, twenty is a lot to say, a lot more to get to a hundred, but. I don't think that's – I think it's totally doable within the next three years. Oh, absolutely. As as I really get injured, you know. I mean, if I have nine on the schedule this year, and it, granted, it's all tentative, you know. The only one I'm actually paid for is Hard Rock so far. Yeah. Um, but if I, you know, if I stay healthy, if I get through nine, then I've got 89. And once you get to 89, it's like mile 75 of 100. You start to smell the barn. And, you know, I'll probably just try to bang them out until I get as fast as I can to get to 100 hoping that I can time it right where Wasatch is the last because Wasatch was the first. Yeah, that would be that would be a, a beautiful kind of bookend. Right yeah. to a to a really spectacular number. And I think you're right. I I'm trying to think of, of elite runners right now that I think could put down 100 100 mile finishes before Courtney. they call it quits. I think Courtney definitely. I mean, after, especially after what she did last year, that was ridiculous. Yeah. You think about winning, <laughs> winning Western States and crushing the course record, winning Hard Rock and setting a new course record, and then winning UTMB all like was like, what, like a two-month span. I mean, that was yeah. insane. Definitely one of the greatest performances, male or female, in ultra running ever in a season. You know, for, absolutely. With the competitive nature of those three races, it's pretty – I mean, to see that beaten again, even Ann Trayson didn't do anything like that and won seven times in 2000 – in 1998. Yeah. But the competition wasn't the same. Um, she was way above everyone else. Courtney could win seven in a year if she wanted to. Yeah, you know? I, I think I think you're absolutely correct depending on which races she signed up for and our yeah. schedule and that sort of thing. I will say that when you finish – 
100, 100 milers, you'll be joining an elite. We said 28 people have done it. I just interviewed the last guy to do it, Carl, to, to finish mm-hmm. his 100th 100 miler. He's a guy named Will Sprouse. And yep. I think had you known that you could do 100 milers this way, you may have changed the way that you did the game because I think Will has done it differently than anybody else and Will may have had a le- may may have brought something to the sport that could have changed your life early on. Um I was talking to Will, he's a couple episodes back. Mm-hmm. He fuels his 100-mile races. Now Carl, I know you do gels. I've seen you with pockets full of gels just throwing them at aid stations. Yep. What Will does, he fuels for his ultra on pizza. He makes a special double crust where there's a crust on top and a crust on bottom, double supreme with jalapenos, and he cuts it up and puts it in Ziploc baggies and grabs a slice and eats it between aid stations. And do you know his drink of choice, Carl? I I don't, but I'm go guess. Um... It's probably not gonna. It's probably not gonna be a soda, but maybe I, I would guess a soda because soda. I've I've run forty miles on soda alone too, <laughs> but uh, no. What is it? I don't know. I mean, other than that, he runs milk? them on pizza and beer. He'll drink twenty five oh. to thirty beers a hundred. That's, that's impressive. <laughs> he's, he's in his own category right there. Um, yeah, how does he do that one? I mean. You know, one so one beer an hour, roughly, right? Well, he'll take them between um, aid stations. Yeah, like he'll he'll go to an aid station, he'll grab two beers and stick them in his his vest, and he'll just he'll drink a beer at the aid station, and he'll take one with him. He's got to have some other. He's got to have some water. He said no. I asked him that, and he said because he's he's burning so many calories. And he doesn't get he doesn't feel drunk at all and he doesn't get dehydrated and it just the alcohol goes directly into his bloodstream, turns immediately to sugar, and he says it's it's rocket fuel. Impressive. Very, very impressive. I mean, I I don't know if I have a comment to that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean the beer the beer mile was impressive, you know, and he slammed four beers in a mile, right? <laughs> but um holy moly, that's I mean, I did a shot at the Kiowa at Virginia's pass one time, but uh that is that is pretty incredible. I mean, you obviously, you know, like I said, the calories are there. You probably even more calories than you need if he's eating pizza like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's. And he was—he's European, is that correct? No, he's from he's from Nebraska. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's yeah. I don't know. I don't have much comment to that. That's incredible. I've never heard that, but I did see his. I think I do remember seeing his name pop up as the next guy that did it. Um, the next guy in line is probably going to be Walter Handloser. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he's in a 90-ish range um, from Uray, Colorado, who's where I you know, mostly live now, too. He's, he's, he may be the guy who does it the fastest because he did those 52 in one year. Yeah. I mean, that's racking him up pretty quick. That's a lot. <laughs> and Yeah. Oh, good Lord. And then, you know, this year he's got like 10 or 12 on the docket this year, so I, he's probably going to be next. Um but it is, it is a unique feat. I mean, it's, you know, we talk about ultramarathons being an, you know, the endurance sport, but, you know, we, we love to see who wins, who's the fastest, all that. But a lot of these guys, Hans Dieter Weishar was another classic that did 100 hundreds, and he was older when he did it. Those feats are, are something that people don't even see really to realize that how amazing those things are because 
your recovery between them is the whole thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, my, for me, like I, I, my total mileage last year, granted I was had some injuries early, but my total mileage last year was 2,200. Seven of them were hundred, you know, six, six of them were hundreds. You know? Wow. So I really didn't have a ton of mileage. I mean, I didn't have a ton of mileage, but in between, I'm not running for like a week after it because I'm kind of hammered. And then I start going again. But then when you do another hundred, four or five weeks later, you don't really need to run 80 mile weeks in between. It just for me anyway, as I'm getting older, I ruin myself. So I just make sure I'm healthy and try to get to the start line without having any niggles or issues. And then doing it isn't, you know, it's just pain management. You've never been a big um, week mileage guy anyway. You're not a big mileage guy every week. You've for years you've been 50, saying sixty. Yeah, and people miles. Yeah, people think but, you're insane. They're like, oh, he's full of crap. He's just not wanting to tell people what he does. But even people that I've talked to that you coach, you know, because I I'm, I'm not trying to steal free stuff. I'm like I'm not trying no, to get no, no. Carl Meltzer workouts for free. But people say the same thing. It's like no, he's just he's not a big mileage guy. Right. It's just, I mean, it's really, for me, it's, it's mostly about learning what you can get the most out of your body without, I'm not saying do as little as possible to get the most out of it, <laughs> right. but do as, it's more like be, do as much as you can without hurting yourself, number one, without having to deal with injuries and issues. And when you get to the start line, many of us say we've done a number of hundreds, we realize that, well, gee, it really is pretty mental. I mean, you've got, you, you know, you've got to be fit. You've got to, you've got to have some fitness, of course. But you don't have to be have this massive block of hundred mile weeks to think of for nine months to think that that's what you need to finish a hundred, you know, and not at all. You just have to be mentally like your head has to be in it, or that's gonna that's gonna take you down faster than anything else, even fitness. You talk, think, yeah, you know. yeah, I agree, and and you've talked too in the past about how but muscle memory and how that kicks in and how really. You only really need to have a string a couple of decent weeks together before you feel like you're back in a hundred mile shape. Like you can get off of an injury or an off season. Maybe you take some time off because you got to get a wedding. You got to go to a, go to a wedding and find that suit that you've worn three times. And then you only need like two or three decent weeks strung together to get in a hundred mile shape. I mean, I mean the last I the, when I finished Devil Dog was December second. So the first two weeks, the first week after that, I, I might've run Saturday, Sunday, the week after just like four or five milers. And, uh, sorry about that. That's okay. And, uh, and I, and I did two really short weeks and then I did a 30 mile week, which is hardly anything. And then I did about a 50 mile week. I had one 15 miler in there and I'm like, all right, I'm good. And that's it. <laughs> and then this, so I went to the wedding. I didn't do shit last week. Um, <laughs> that was just cause logistics, you know, um, flights and travel was tough and then i just think that like the muscle memory thing for me is i like to have in my head that um (laughs) same guy calling um the the muscle memory thing to me is like i tell myself that i i uh i don't get warmed up till mile 40 so in my head i'm thinking like okay i'm feeling kind of slow i start out kind of sluggish yada yada but then i get 20 30 miles into it as long as I take my time early and don't try to kill myself too fast early, which I which I won't, especially now, I start to get going, and then all of a sudden it's like my wheels start turning, and then it's just autopilot. You know, Ian Ian Torrance once told, once called me a robot, and it's it's kind of funny. That was a long time ago that he said that, but it sort of it sort of rung a bell with me. It's like just be a robot, you know. And so when I get to mile forty, as long as I'm not painfully sore or something like that. 
um, I can just keep turning them over and, and get to the end, you know? It's interesting you, interesting you say that because when I talked to Courtney DeWalter after her big three wins, she said, like, a lot of times, like, people talk about mantras and, you know, some people will be very deliberate with them. Where her, she just kind of gets something that pops in her head and she kind of runs with it. And when she was the, the 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 back half of UTMB where she wasn't really feeling that great, right? The thing that was the the word that was in her head that she kept repeating over and over and over again was robot, robot, robot. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like that's the thing about the mental aspect of the hundred miles. That's why I like them so much because you can sort of talk yourself into still going. You know, you don't have to run really fast as long as you're you know. I like to say a slow jog is better than no jog too, right? I mean, if you're jogging slow and you you were or are an elite runner, you're still going to go five miles an hour and, you know, at least four at the bare minimum. And for someone like Courtney or even myself, even now still, five miles an hour isn't, it's from a cardio perspective, it's, it's, it's a piece of cake, you know, if it's considered saying it's flat. Um, but you've just got to keep your mind together to keep, pretending that you're still jogging you know <laughs> right um, right just don't walk because if you walk if you walk 3.7 i mean my at experience is comes into play here too 3.7 miles an hour is about as fast as i can walk without it being uncomfortable mm-hmm. on say flat terrain so if that slow jog turns into 4.5 or 5 miles an hour that's 1.3 miles every hour further which is about 20 something minutes you're making up every hour mm-hmm right so like your time is like so much faster um from that slow jog so i tell myself that all the time too even if i jog for 100 yards uh, that slow jog and then i walk for you know 20 seconds and i'll slow jog for another 150 yards that makes up a huge difference of time and that's why like a devil dog i was able to still like actually win the race and run 19 hours still you know a little better than five miles an hour the whole time because I have that mantra, I'm just like, just keep jogging a little bit when, when it's, when it's joggable. Yeah. I mean, devil dog is like almost all joggable. So, yeah. Um, you know, it was easy to just to keep that jog most of the time concept going. I like you're bringing the J word in because so many people refuse to say the J word. Well, you know, jog run. Now my, my run is a jog. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, you know, it is. I mean, I don't. I don't really train real hard, like from a cardio. I, you know, every once in a while, I'll run a harder effort. When I, when on days that you sort of feel good, the weather's good, everything's flowing, and I'll, you know, I'll give it a little more. But generally speaking, I'm just getting my miles in, keeping my legs turning over, so I'm so I stay reasonably fit to run the race. And that's again because I'm just trying to finish him. It's a lot easier. Um, you know, my effort is about. I'm going to see eighty percent, not a hundred percent, right now. Kind of like when I run on Saturday. You know, Browning and a few, a bunch of others will just take off, and I'll just walk up the first hill, blah blah blah, and do that first lap. And I don't care if they have a thirty-minute lead; I could care less at this point, you know. But, but that helps me start out slower. It helps me do better at the end of the race, and it helps me recover at the end of the race for the next one too. You know, it's just—it's so much easier to go eighty percent than a hundred. Yeah, Carl. As someone who has competed at such a high level for such a long time, and you know, never reveal a woman's age, so I'm not going to mention how old you are. <laughs> um, how was that? Have you have you had moments where you've had to come to terms with the fact that you are not that you do not have the capability that 
the Carl Meltzer of 2005 to 2017 had where you were just a monster and banging out mm-hmm. wins and crushing people and and to be a person that is as competitive as you are was there a moment when you were like fuck I'm getting old <laughs> um Absolutely. You know, absolutely. I'm, you know, I might have been saying I'm getting slower. <laughs> uh, I'm 56 for those who don't know. But um, and that's cool. I think you just have to accept the fact that, you know, every year from about age, I'm going to say from age 46 or seven till now, I've, I've, you know, I've got some bread and butter runs that I'll run from my local house a number of times, you know, during the week or something. And every year, Getting up to that damn bridge four miles away takes a little bit longer than it did last year. Yeah. Like if you were to break the averages down, right? Yeah. So you sort of, you sort of get to this point where, gee, when I was in 2005 and seven, when I was fast, I get to that bridge in 30 minutes. Got to the bridge the other day in like 46. I'm like, geez, you know, but that's like a minute a year, right? <laughs> right. So like every right. year I've lost about a minute to the damn bridge. Um, but you sort of have to accept the fact that, you know, you're not that young again and you can't recover like you used to that's why my mileage, um, total mileage training wise has come down because my recovery factor is just different. I can't recover as fast. So I have to sort of listen to my body and say, well, what's, you know, when I wake up in the morning, I really don't know how far I'm going to run every day. I really don't have a schedule or plan. I know I do that for other runners, but they're also younger. It's different for myself. I just don't really know what I'm going to run every day. And I kind of let that be on feel all the time. I take advantage of good days and I, take you know back off the throttle for days i don't really feel so good and i just let that play out let the 100 mile be done by experience and of you know how to do it i know how to run 100 that's piece of cake yeah it's about like just not overdoing it in my training and thinking that well if i do these intervals and i do these hill workouts and i do these these lunges and all these other workouts that it's going to make me so much faster why don't I'm going to make the cutoff. I'm not, I'm not at the point where I'm fighting a cutoff. That's, that's, a, that's not a big deal for me now still. So it, if I finish an hour later than I should have been, should have finished and whatever. I mean, it, it's been interesting with Jeff Browning because Jeff is still running pretty darn fast for he's 52. So he's four years behind me. And when I was 52, I was running quite a bit faster than I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff does has a very different routine. I, I think anyway, he definitely works harder at it than I do now um, to be better at it. Um, and it's showing because he's, I mean, he's still performing. He's still running hard rock in 27 hours. I mean, I'm running hard rock this year and I'd be like, I'll be hard pressed to break 35. And some people ask me like, well, oh, you'll run faster than that. I'm like, I don't know if I will. <laughs> you know, like I may live there, but I don't know if I'm going to run under 35. Um, it'll be very interesting to see what I do there because you know, a hellbender will be the last hundred I do before it. So I'll have two solid months of I'll have time to be fresh and all that, um, and and to run on those mountains too. But that'll be a really good indicator of like where I'm at, right? If I'm healthy, um, I don't have any injuries, that kind of stuff leading into it. It'd be very interesting to see what I run for a time. I mean, I don't really have a goal time. I just want to finish the thing. And you know, I said I'll never go back to the damn race and. I enter the lottery. <laughs> Carl gets in. They told me when they told me at Devil Dog that I, that was the day the lottery was, and they and uh, I came around and then my my wife's like, "Yeah, you got in Hard Rock." I was like, my, "Oh man, I got to run that stupid thing again." <laughs> <laughs> you know when they so, saw your name? You know after you proclaimed that you'd never run it again, and they saw yeah. your name in the lottery, they're like, "Okay, Carl gets in. Just use the computers <laughs> well, I whenever I only you had have two to." Tickets. 
I thought I had two tickets. Apparently, I had ten because I had eight finishes. I didn't know that. I actually thought I had two. Um, so I'm like, I won't get in, you know. And yeah, I just didn't think I'd get in, you know. Um, I mean, I tried to get in Western. I tried to get in Leadville too. I didn't get in those lotteries. Didn't expect Western. Leadville, I was kind of hoping to get in because it's local for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. A little easier for me to run the race because it's local. Um, but you know, I'll do something else through the Ute probably. Um, but yeah, it's you know. I love it. I'm not going to stop doing it. Um, and when it's all over, it's all over, you know. Was there but was there a moment though, Carl, where it was it was frustrating to not be able to do the times that you did in your heyday or do you like just have a full acceptance of it right away where you're like, "Wow, you know what? I was a monster." And boy, that was awesome. I'm glad I can still do it even though it's a little bit slower. I, I ask myself, how the hell did I get to that place and that fast back in the day? You know, because because yeah, I have accepted it. I mean, there's no question about that. And it is kind of a bummer when you, when you go out and run something that you've done so long and you have this great day. And like I, I have a run here in Salt Lake called Red Pine. It's just a, a, a lake, two thousand vert climb, three and a half miles up. Back in my day when I was fast, I'd always every single time I ran to that lake was under forty minutes. Didn't matter if I felt good or bad or whatever. My record was thirty-two something and which was pretty quick and and now even five years ago breaking like 50 was like kind of (laughs) hard you know um you feel like you're going faster your effort is kind of the same you feel like you're the same speed but you're not you just you're just not and and getting back sort of the point of like i started talking about browning but when i ran against jeff at scout mountain 100 maybe two years two years ago um I'm like, Jeff, like, don't even think I'm in the race. I'm not. I'm like, I bet you'll beat me by five hours. You need to give me a five-hour head start. I bet bet it'll be close. (laughs) And, you know, Jeff and I are good friends. And it turns out that at the end of the day, Jeff beat me by four hours and 56 minutes. (laughs) So I would have had him by four minutes, right? (laughs) Had I had that five-hour head start. Um, So I kind of know where I'm at, right? I mean, I know right where I'm at, like right what I've got in me and, and, and stuff like that. So... You do you do have you have to accept it when you get older because if you don't, then you get frustrated. I mean, I've I've coached a lot of people that are in their forties and fifties too that want to improve and get faster, but you know, as you get older, the bottom the bottom line is you're, you're going to get slower. And I'm and because I'm fifty six, I can say that I can comfortably say that to them and say, listen, when you were forty five. You, you're 55 now, you're 45 then, you ran this time at whatever race and you want to run that same time, that's going to be pretty hard because you're going to actually have to run a heck of a lot faster than you did when you were 45. Your effort's going to have to be better, so much better. So we'll try to work on that, but reality is going to come to fruition and say, well, let's just try to do the best we can, you know, and put in a good solid effort. And if you can do that, you're still going to be successful. You have to deem it successful. Um, but it's, it's been a great ride. I mean, it's been interesting because, you know, where will I be when I'm 60, right? I mean, maybe I will be fighting the cutoffs, you know? I mean, someday if I am still running, of course, I hope to get that Wasatch 100 done in a couple of years, then <laughs> right. I can stop. <laughs> right. But but at the same time, um, it, how much slower will I be then too, you know? I, maybe I will be fighting cutoffs. I remember Dana Miller, who was a Wasatch 100. He was kind of the man at Wasatch before I even was doing it. And... You know, he was running in the low twenties, and and when he ran his last Wasatch one hundred, it might have been it might have been seven or eight years ago, maybe even ten. But he was he ran like thirty three hours, thirty four, and he was like sixty one or something like that. And I was like, wow, Dana took Dana thirty three hours, but 
here I am moving towards that age <laughs> saying, yeah, it might take me 33, 34 hours too when I'm 61. So it's an acceptance thing. You got to understand that it's just how it is. When people say they're old when they're 40, I kind of laugh because that was like my best year. <laughs> right. You know, right. You're like, tell me you're old when you're 40, buddy. <laughs> right. Your 40s <laughs> you're not, are you know. you're not old in your 40s at all. Stop no, saying you it. You can still run pretty well. I mean, especially the longer distances, because mentally you should be able to. You've done enough of them. Mentally, you should be OK. And speed doesn't have to be really fast. You're not going to win UTMB, of course, or Western or something like right. that. But you can still run really good times in your 40 in your late 40s no question jeff's proving it mm-hmm. i proved it when i when i was there so oh, it, it is possible it is absolutely possible. so are you saying that your 100th 100 will be your last <laughs> um I, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna commit to that okay <laughs> if I could, yeah i mean i don't I, mean, I want i want it to be wasatch there's yeah. no question about it but how hard will it be for me to say, okay, that's it, I'm done, step away? Right. Because what right. would you I mean, do? Like, like if you finish this in two years, you're 58 years old, you got plenty of gas in the tank, plenty of competitive juices still flowing. Like, I just can't see you giving it up in two years. You don't think I, you don't think I can pull a George Costanza and walk out in a high note? Well, I, th- I think anything, anytime you, <laughs> listen, the only, the only way you're not walking out on a high note, I think you've, you've done what's necessary. You don't have to prove anything to anybody anymore, right? Like mm-hmm. no, no one that knows anything. Now I know there's a lot of young people that have wandered into the sport that may not know who the speed goat is, but I don't, I don't think you have to prove anything to anybody anymore. All you have to do is just at this point, do it as long as you want to do it. And then when you yeah. decide, you're like, you know what? I've kind of done it all and I'm kind of out that you can, that you can, that you could step away whenever you wanted to. I don't, I don't think you have to prove anything. I don't think anyone will think, I don't think that anyone will look at your career, Carl, and whatever you decide to do and go like, Oh man, he should have dropped out like 10 years ago. This is getting (laughs) sad. Yeah. I mean, I think it's cool. I I mean, I I know a lot of people say to me, man, it's really cool. You're, you're still doing it. You're inspiring. And you know, to be truthfully honest, I, I don't, my goal isn't, isn't to inspire everybody. I just like doing it. If it inspires people, great. I mean, it's killer, you know? It's an honor when people say that to me. Um, but I, you're right. I mean, I, I don't think I have, I don't have anything to prove. I could walk away tomorrow and be like, I'm cool, head up the Ridgeway and just hang out of my house and hit golf balls off my patio, you know? Um, but 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 I like doing it, you know? I like, I like the challenge of being out there. I like being in the woods. Some days when I don't have good days, I'm running them. Some days I walk honestly on not even hard trails but it's just beautiful being in the woods so you know my career has been amazing um you know if like jeff brown like i know i talk about jeff a lot but that's because he's close to my age yeah but, and he's really good at it but um you know he's we talk about the 100 mile wins he has 29 and i have 49 and he always says oh speed goes out of reach and i'm like it's right buddy i am out of reach <laughs> <laughs> so we joke about it you know um but it, it's you know, whether I get, you know, someone might say to me, you got to get 50, you got to get 50, you got to get 50 because it's 50, right? Right. Like, I don't, I don't have to get 50. I don't have to get 22 years of winning a hundred mile or, you know, like that, my focus has changed. Um, I think when people maybe see me be successful with that, I mean, it's so cool that people congratulate me on that. You have no idea like what it feels like when someone says, you're an ins- you're inspiring or I love your shoe or what or whatever <laughs> it's uh it's just the coolest thing that people have followed my career for so long you know um 
and I just hope that I can just keep doing it. And every time I go to a race, every once in a while, I'll get a photo with photo with somebody, and and uh, it's that's like really cool. I don't know. I keep saying it's it's humbling and it's cool, but it's I never expected that. You know, I mean, I I just like to run. <laughs> yeah, you know? I mean, here you are, this guy who likes to run, the man who who the, the guys behind Hoka gave you a weird pair of shoes and you got made fun of, you know, and all, all these years later, you're the namesake of their best-selling trail shoe. I mean, even that, I mean, honestly, who would have thought of that? But the first time you ran 100, there's no way in a million years after your first, your first even your first ultra, period, you never thought in a million years, like, dude, I'm going to be the guy that that's named, that they're going to name Hoka's best-selling trail shoe after me i mean that is a true dream world you know i mean i know i joked around with my buddies in the 90s before i even ran an ultra and like pike's peak was a big race you know my air jordan came out right i don't know what year air jordan came out but but it was like man it would be cool to have a shoe named after you and all this shit but now it has happened and and like like i mean seriously you know I, i i don't you know i don't understand like I credit it all to Jim Van Dyne, who was the president of Hoka at the mm. time in 2010, I think it was, when I brought the idea up, of course, to him, but it was like a five-minute decision to, to press the button and say, let's do it. And when that happened, you know, I didn't really know how it was going to pan out. I'm like, well, we'll see. We'll make a thousand pair or whatever and put them out and see how it goes and all that. But. I mean, the first shoe wasn't even that good. No, he owes you for um, that first shoe. He owes you an apology because the first speed goat sucked. <laughs> the the second, well, I did the I did the AT with him, and I and I cut a hole for my pinky toe out, you know. <laughs> but but that started the the idea, you know, mm-hmm. and and then when the two was very different than the one, so yeah, I, I think um, they may have I, my. I don't know the story, Carl, but in my mind. I have you running into the Hoka corporate offices going, what is this shit? Don't put my name on this. Guess what? Get out your drawing boards because daddy's going to show you how to make a shoe. And then you you gave them design notes. And then the two, which was the perfect yeah. running shoe. So came. different than the one. And, and, and when the one came out, which was kind of weird, um, not only was it kind of weird, the one of the first – model of colors was the colors of red bull it was blue and red and yellow yeah, right yeah and when and they didn't even tell me they were going to do that that wasn't my idea and i was like huh i, I thought it was pretty darn ugly as far as i'm concerned <laughs> that, that's the truth you know um but the design team you know actually when that when that one first one came out uh i think his first name was jason but you know it was like the big um first production shoe of Hoka for the trail and it's like their number one thing coming out and I was thinking like eh, she's alright you know <laughs> um, and but but it's like then we just started working on a different whole different style and stuff like that and, and it just got so much better and so much more accepted too the first one we when we talked about the problems of them I was trying to examine them with um, one of the guys in the around Marin I forgot but I'm like, this is bad. This is bad. People are going to roll their feet, you know, like the way the soul was. There's so many things that were wrong with them. But but it was a brand new design. It was a brand new thing. So, you know, every year we, you know, the six is coming now. And every year it's like, now it's only sort of minor tweaks. Um, but, 
you know, someone's going to complain about something. It's it's someone asked me about in a, even just a Facebook thing the other day. It's like, oh, they're always too narrow. They're too narrow. They're too narrow. I said, well, number one, it's like the number one selling shoe. So if it really sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the sales would, numbers, buddy. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of trolls. No, can you imagine, uh, said, Carl, no. just wait, 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 can you imagine the balls that somebody has to have to say to you, like, hey, your shoes are too narrow, they suck. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, it's like if, if 95% of the people like them and 5% of people say they're too narrow, if I'm Hoka, I'm going to make them for the 95%. All day long. And, and, you know, and, every, and again, like, you know, the thing is like everybody's shoe is, everybody's foot is different. Well, everybody's foot is different. I mean, I said, well, that's why they make a wide. You, you complained about it being too narrow. Now we've got a wide. And maybe that doesn't work for you. But I don't know. Try something else. You know, I try another model or try another brand if you want to, whatever. Find what fits your foot and start there. You know, I told Golden uh, Harper this. I said, Golden um, it was a fun interview. I love Golden. I want to have him on again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know but, Golden. But darn it, because of Golden Harper. Now everyone knows the term toe box. You never heard a single person say wide toe box before Golden Harper uttered those words in every piece of marketing for his ultra shoes. And all of a sudden yeah. now, once he said it, everyone's like, oh, wide toe box. Oh, wide toe box. Nobody said wide toe box before ultras came out. And now everyone's an expert on toe boxes. Right. And, 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 you know, it's, you make things for any brand, for anything, shirts, shoes, hats, whatever, makes things for the most people that you can, right? Exactly. And, and that's why you have different styles and models and all that stuff. And, and, uh, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I mean, Hoka didn't come and measure Carl's foot and (laughs) this is what we're going to make. I mean, I do have a slightly narrow foot. So like, I mean, I, they fit me perfect, you know, but that sort of happened somewhat by default because then nobody measured my foot. Um, it was just the idea of this, that, and the other, and it, it turned out pretty darn good. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm proud of what they've done. I'm like I'm proud that they stood behind me, um, the whole idea behind it. Uh, I mean, they, they all yellow ideas of all the different colorways and stuff like that. That's all, that's their marketing team. That's not me, you know? Yeah, but still, but it's, you're, you're the only guy who has a sh- has a shoe named after him in the sport? There is no Jim. There's no Hoka Walmsleys. There's no Hoka. There's no you know Solomon DeWalters. There's no there, Jornets. There, there, there's the, he, has he not released a n- 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 normal Jornet version? No, no, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> you started, uh, <laughs> but you know, I mean, I congrats to Killian for starting a company like that too or, or working with i mean his whole thing i don't know the deals but yeah yeah but i mean congrats for him for doing that because that a big step for walking away from what he had with solomon had to be in a sense and it's a big move you know i mean the the, the dude is the best I, I mean i know jim's right there with him too now and stuff like that but killian's killian's the man comes to mountain running i mean he what he what he he changed the world of what how fast races can, how fast hard rock can be run. And even though Francois has run that fast, a lot of guys have run close to that time. He changed, changed the world of speed on the mountains. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, It's an amazing, amazing runner what he's done. But think about this, Carl. And I know you said you're not chasing 50, but how awesome would it be to, when you get to your hundred, your, your hundredth, 100 mile finish 
that 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 you can say I have a hundred one hundred mile finishes and fifty of them are wins. And one half of them, yeah. Um, I yeah, I mean that's I can say that now. <laughs> um, but 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 no, that is that I mean that's all my head in my head too. You know, I mean the races that I chose this year, um, I I put them on paper and I said this is what I want to run, and there's a few in there that I could win. You know, I mean because of who's on the list at the moment. Mm-hmm. But those races, every single race that I entered, if you look at the the courses and what they're like, there's stuff that I like to run, you know? I mean, the Love It 100 is great in Arkansas. It's it's a great course. It's in the woods, it's great. It's a smaller race, but it's a cool course. Cold Water's a cool course. Uh, Hellbender's a great race. Um, Antelope Island, if I run it, um, it's local to me here in Salt Lake anyway. Um, It's a cool course, you know? It's like, I just wanna run cool courses now. You know, I mean, Hard Rock was an exception because I, I got in got to run this <laughs> damn thing. But um, the other races that I'm running, I hope to run Ian's stagecoach race in uh, near Flagstaff. Another cool course, Rim to River, another cool course. So I'm trying to like expand my races that I've run that are that are what I like to run in the best. You know, not just about who's running and when can I win. Um, some can, people can give me shit for that all they want. I don't care. You know, it doesn't matter. Um, but I think it's it's good it's good that I'm just doing what I want to do. I mean, there's nothing better than that having your being able to choose what you want to do. Yeah, um, I've always been able to do that in my career, and I think I thank Hoka for not trying to lean me towards when I was faster to run UTMB or to run, you know, to always run Western or whatever. Um, they kind of let me be on my own and do what I want. So that was cheers to them for that too. Could you set a uh, the the Masters course record for Hard Rock? I don't know. I mean, it's 27. It's it's around 20. So I don't think so. Okay. I mean, Jeff ran 27 last year. So, and he's 51. What about the Grandmasters? <laughs> you mean over 50? <laughs> no. I, or is, over 60. Is the Grandmasters over 55? Um, I, I th- Technically, if I were calling it Grandmaster, I would say 16 over. Okay. The 16 over record at Hard Rock is quite good. It's a guy named Alfred Bogenhuber, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think the time is like 32, around 32. So that, I mean, that, that to me is like a really pretty darn good um, age record at Hard Rock. I mean, I got to get older. Yeah. But I mean, maybe if I'm really lucky, if I, you know, I had a really good season then, which would be after my 100 hundreds, <laughs> but um, maybe that. But I think over between 50 and 60, I don't think, I, I won't run 27. I, I mean, I just, I just don't think I can do that anymore. It's just I go hike around the San Juans now. This past summer, one I did, and it's like I just go hike. Yeah, you know, I hike up. They're all there's all a thousand feet a mile, so nobody's nobody's really running that anyway. But I hike and I jog down, and that's enough. Yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean the, the age group record is pretty fast over fifty over fifty at Hard Rock. Okay, um, I will say you like compliments. Uh, your Speed Goat Waste Pack is the bomb. I used to be a vest guy, but I bought the Waste Pack. Thanks. thanks. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. The double. You can buy them now at my store. <laughs> I oh, that's that's exactly right, Carl. Not only can you buy the new Speedgoat version three waist belt, you can also buy. I saw that you have a vest on there, which I felt was the biggest betrayal ever. Well, because <laughs> you were like, "Hey, why are you wearing vests, people? Wear wear the weight on your hips, yeah. like Carl." Well, you know, we're we're, we're a store. So. <laughs> We we wanted to have a vest on there. We don't have we honestly right now where that store sits. Yeah. Um. We've just started it. I'm not a businessman. The speedgo.com, by the way. 
Yeah, the speedgoat.com. We we don't have a ton of products on there right now, but I sort of wanted to get it out before Christmas this year, at least get it started and learn some of the nuances of running a damn business and mm-hmm. a store online because it's it's not quite as easy as you think. Um, and I wanted to get it started. So we only have, you know, we have Drymax socks on there too. The yeah. Spigo Drymax socks are on there. I wanted to sell initially stuff that I use personally. Um, that vest, my wife likes the vest, but we wanted to get a vest on there just because just, just so it's on there. Um, we're gonna have we're we're working on more products, of course, that will be on there soon, and eventually, in theory, it will grow to be a bigger online store. But it's it's been a bit of a challenge. I mean, you know, to think that you want to just have like a tech shirt, right? Right. You don't just order a tech shirt, sell it. It's it's not that easy. It's tough. You I've, I've tried brand, to do it. You've got to have mm-hmm. trademarks. You've got to do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of stuff in the back end back end that you have to do and develop before. You, you get stuff of your own with your own brand and your own logo and all that stuff. So it's been taking, it's taken quite a bit longer than we thought, but um, it's sort of my next, I hope, hope for it to be sort of the next chapter of continuing to be in the ultra running realm or, or world and to have my own store. Um, I'm, I'm the guy that does the shipping. So uh, at the moment, you know, cause we don't have a ton of stuff, right? Yeah. So it's pretty easy. It's all at my house and stuff. So I'm, we're, we're learning, um, the tax things are weird. Um, all this stuff is kind of odd, but uh, but I'm excited to have it started. At least it's, at least the door has been opened, so we, we've stepped out the door, and now we're trying to sell stuff. And I hope people at least visit it. And at least you know if we don't see something you want now, we have some. Cute, I have a great running hat. Yeah, that's that nice I, hat. That we've got that we've that we've got uh, the two hats that we have are one's really a packable running hat, one's just sort of a hat, a normal hat. But um, the running hat's killer. It's well done it's well stitched all that kind of stuff and um we hope to sell a bunch of those but but we'll see you know hopefully we can get some support and we'll have content on there eventually too but it just takes time you know um everything takes longer than you think go to the speedgoat.com get yourself the the speedgoat 3.0 waist belt you got two 20 ounce bottles on the side it's fantastic and if, anymore. if you're a vest person you can order the vest but it's not the speed goat vest; it's the Cheryl goat vest. One point zero. Right. For for, for slower goat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that should it's be your slower. that should be your nickname. You should slower be goat? you should be the speed goat, and your wife can be the slower goat because I mean she's slower than you are. Well, that's for that's for sure. You know, she can have little slower goat shirts on it. I want a shirt that says "The Speed Goat Beat Me," and all I got was this lousy T-shirt. <laughs> How about a shirt that says "100 Miles Is Not That Far"? I think that's a winner. Is that not up no, there yet? I think so. that, uh, that's coming. We're just we're just trying to get the right. We want to get the right material, so it's a real, so it's a nice shirt and will last a long time. Yeah. See, I want to see people wear that shirt when I go run somewhere in Salt Lake, right? Right. Then you know people like it, right? Right. It's not just a cotton shirt or, or blend or whatever. Um, I see a lot of those old Patagonia Speedgoat shirts with the goat man on the back. Mm-hmm. And I still see them. And everyone's like, this is my favorite shirt. I mean, my opinion, it's the greatest shirt in ultra running. Because number one, it's a really Patagonia, right? Yeah. Great shirt. Um, no question. I mean, the screen is good. Everything's cool. And I see them a lot. I've seen them on the East Coast. I've seen the Southeast. I've seen them out West. So that's like, when I see that, I'm just like, wow. And we haven't had those for five or six years, and they're still out there. I still have a bunch of pairs. They're still, like, new. They're great. 
So we're going to try, we're trying to get stuff that's like that, that yeah. will sell, that people will wear a long time. Well, cool. I'll, I'll do some shopping on there because I want to get some more Speed Goat coffee because you're, you got that coffee. That's on, on there. there too. So, yeah. Do you ship the coffee? So if I order some coffee, will you put it in a bag? Well, that's drop shipped. So it's okay. drop shipped so it's fresh. So okay. you order it through us and then it, then we make, then it goes right to James and they ship it directly from them. Gotcha. Um, so it's fresh, yeah. What do you think of Carl Meltzer running a backyard ultra? Is that ever going to happen? No. Not your not your bag. Um, I, you know, I've always said that sleep deprivation is a is not my is not my. I'm not good at it. Like when I was on the AT, I I, I needed my sleep every night, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just and same thing with the 200 mile distance. I've been asked about that. It's kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's you know 60 hours, 70 hours, or whatever it is. Um, I, I don't know. I don't I don't think in the near future. I'll run a backyard ultra. Um, I won't say no forever, but it doesn't really interest me. It doesn't interest me like the 200 doesn't really interest me yeah. for some reason. You'd think it would, right? Yeah. But I just kind of like, eh, that's a lot harder. <laughs> um, I kind of like the, you know, when I talked to Browning after doing Moab, when he won Moab, and then he went back and, won, and ran Coca Donut too. Yeah. Um, he, he said, man, it's like, it's just different. It just takes a lot longer. And I can handle the, the pain part of it but i just that's just a long race man i'd, I'd rather do the at go figure you know yeah which by that's the, different too by the way carl your southbound time is still to this day the second fastest southbound time yeah and christian morgan you know and and huge congrats from christian to do that he has more he's got more dedication to that trail than i ever had even you know he's going back like every year in a row and i know he's going back again next year yeah, and um, he wants to go back and forth or something. Um, the yo-yo, you know. Yeah. So I think I think he wants to do that. So we'll see. I think this year we're going to see. You know, Mike Wardian mentioned going southbound. Mm-hmm. I think Mike Mike will will run. We'll do it fast. I think the only thing that Mike isn't as good as he could be is at technical shit. Te- sorry, technical technical trails because he's he's definitely fast. He's Mike Wardian. Yeah, but. But I think that trail, I don't know if he's been to Maine or New Hampshire. I'm like, first thing you want to do, dude, just go to Maine. <laughs> yeah. Just spend a few days in Maine, hike on the trail, and just get a taste of it because it is it is very different. different. And anyway, same with Scott Jurek when he went in 20, uh, the last time I went to help him. Mm-hmm. Scott isn't quite as fast on the technical terrain, so it's like he was getting less sleep. He was out there for a little longer, and it hurt. It, it, it works against him, you know. Um We'll see. I mean, another girl, Tara Dower, clinched that I coach also is planning mm-hmm. to go southbound. And she's from a she's she's solid, you know. Um, we'll see how she does, you know. It's it's become popular, but it's I think I was lucky because because I got the film. <laughs> mm-hmm. I had the backing of Red Bull. Yeah. And, you know, I can't thank them enough for that because you know, when you have a company that says, Well, we we have a we don't really have a budget. We just kinda have a checkbook. <laughs> you know, so like, they make the film, they have the crew, all that kind of stuff. So it was very different with my support than some of these others have. Um, I was able to do recon for like a week in Maine and that kind of stuff. And I don't know if those guys have the, 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 the means to do that. I hope they can. Um, I've offered my advice, of course, to, to Mike and to Tara, of course, um, and any Christian as much as I can to help them because I love it. I mean, I love to see people go after the AT because it's, it's different beasts, you know. You can be fast on the Colorado Trail, but there's no there's no comparison. The AT and the Colorado Trail. Colorado Trail's child's play. 
compared to the record isn't child's play right but the but it's records fast but but the at is way different way harder you know what this means carl all these young kids walking around in your shoes trying to, to do the at fkt you, you know what that it means you're a trendsetter you're a trendsetter carl that's, yeah, that's true you know it's, and it's too bad i didn't have the four the fives or sixes for my time i had to cut that damn thing, cut that thing out of my <laughs> yeah listen <laughs> um, if you really want to do the at the carl way you go southbound and you cut a hole in your shoe for the pinky to stick out i got a couple pairs of ones if you want to try them out <laughs> you just got to be a size 10 <laughs> you can have them <laughs> but uh i mean seriously i, I seriously if i would have had these other shoes it would have been a little bit more comfortable my, my feet did pretty well with the ones the way I did it, but at the same time, like these are so much better. So honestly, I don't think Christian's uh, time should beat yours because it should be noted that Carl did his southbound FKT and Speedco once, and we all know how horrible that shoe was. <laughs> A little narrow. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, the fives are fantastic. Yeah, thanks. I love them. Yeah. They're they're pretty dark. I got a whole, I got a whole box of them. Oh, I can imagine. Do they have they sent you the six yet? Do you do you get the first uh, I pair? I don't have a six yet. It's coming. It's like in the mail just about right now. But do, but I but I don't have a six in my in my technically in my hand yet. No. Do they send you the first pair? I don't know. There's only there aren't there aren't that many testers. Um, I had a lot of feedback with the sixes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like the time it actually comes to the you know. It's actually in the box to your house. It just takes forever. Yeah. But um, I, I no, I don't have a pair yet. I mean, their their test model is a ten, but there are which is my size. Yeah. But there's only a few people that actually get a lot of the testing done. So I expect a pair here really soon. So then you know they, they don't really plan to come out for another couple of months to be on the market. So I'll get a good run at them, um, and see how they do. I mean, they're the upper is different. The upper is a little softer. They're lighter. We know that. I think we've seen the reviews already from some people that have tested them. But uh, it, it's going to be cool. I'm, I'm excited to, to, to run it. I'm no question about it. But it's not going to – for my foot, probably won't feel all that much different. But because um, I'm I'm also one of those guys that it's like if I could wear the ones, I'd probably wear anything. But <laughs> <laughs> getting back to – but you know what I'm saying? Like I – you know, I, I, I could put something on and mentally say, well, this thing hurts like hell and still work. If you remember the day when Michael Jordan said he wore the very first pair of Air Jordans in an All-Star game or something like yeah, that one time. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that or not, but that was pretty funny because he's like, these things were terrible. You know, <laughs> like these things hurt so much and, you know, they sucked or whatever. And, and uh, But now I'm, I'm excited to get a pair. And, um, I mean, the company's done so well over the years. I mean, $1.4 billion last year. It's not too shabby. That's, that's just like, when I heard that number, I was like, good Lord. Um, the apparel that they have, by the way, I know that, you know, I'm not trying to be a salesman here, but we, I have a lot of their clothing that they have, and, mm-hmm. you know, that's, it's, just, it's, it's as good as it gets. I mean, it's down, I have a down jacket, you know, like they're making stuff that that's, that's coming out. That's like, it's for the industry and it's really, it's really, really good. You know, their, 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 their team is amazing. Um, it's just so cool to still be a part of the team. I'm still an athlete, you know, it, an athlete that's paid so um at age 56 so yeah. um yeah well it's really cool it's, it's, i mean great. you 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 did give them their best selling trail shoe 
I mean, it's not like the Speed Goat sells a couple of pairs like your wife buys a pair and you buy a couple of pairs. It's their number one selling trail shoe. It may be the best. It may be the most selling trail shoe in the world. Yeah, and they've and tried. The one reason I say I don't know that for sure, but but the truth is, like, I see that more than anywhere, at least in the States I do. And in Europe, at OTMB, like, half the field is wearing them. Yeah, <laughs> they've tried to it's, push, like, the Challenger ATR. They're like, oh, this Challenger ATR is fantastic. And the people are like, yeah, but it's not a speed goat. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. Like, it, I see them more than anywhere, so I I'm, I might be right if I say most – I think sold in the world. we're going to go with that. The number one trail shoe in the world is the the Hoka Speed Goat. But much like Michael Jordan hated his first time in the Jordans <laughs> at the All-Star game, Carl hated his first experience in the in the original Speed Goats running the AT. <laughs> Everything gets better over time. Yes. Yes, that, yes, it does, Carl. And I think the same goes for you. Thanks for taking some time and jibber-jabbering with me on the Adventure yeah, Jogger. Always, always, talk, always great talking with you, Ryan. It's always a pleasure.